Welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast. Straight-talking ideas to grow your business. Hello and welcome to Simplified Marketing Grow Your Trade, the show that aims to help you grow your business. Welcome to Series 2. My name's John Lawley and I'm your web wizard. I'm Georgia and I'm your brand guardian. My name's Andrew Black and I help trades get off the tools. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the show on iTunes, also on Google Play, and we have a YouTube channel nowadays, so we're really keeping up with the kids. This is the show that aims to help you grow your business with actionable tips that you can use that don't cost you a fortune. Now, Series 2, Episode 2, we're going to talk about mistakes. We all make them. Of course we do. We're only human. And of course, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And if you're speaking to me about that, then anything technical always does go wrong at some point. It's just sod's law and it always happens. But what happens if you're a trades business and things start to go wrong? Andrew, I'm sure you have a lot of experience of this. Not personally, of course, but (laughs) with the people that you coach. Well, to be fair, you know, I've been in the, the trades industry for the last 15 years. Uh, I've been working with clients for the last three to four years. And yeah, look, it happens. It happens whether it's customer expectation or whether it's a physical actual mistake of uh, drilling through a pipe, um, doing your calculations incorrectly, so not getting the performance in terms of a heating system. If you take it up bigger, I know builders that have done their maths wrong and the steel beams that have been ordered to site have been the wrong size and had to have been cancelled. It happens. It happens. So, I mean, how do you get around things like this? First of all, be prepared fully in the first place. Um, you know, always measure twice, cut once, as the saying goes. Um, little practical things. Have your insurance in place. You know, I know it sounds stupid, but don't go um, online and search for the cheapest. Make sure you've got all the relevant cover. I always prefer to work with a broker and speak to an actual human because if something does go wrong, which it can, which it will, um, you can, you know, you can pick up the phone and deal with someone and have the correct insurance to look after you because you can be the best builder, uh, you know, plumber, electrician. It, it really doesn't matter. I had a case um, over this winter. One of my clients have just completed um, two complete houses, central heating and underfloor heating throughout her four bedroom properties, on suites, etc. Um, everything's been running for three weeks. Everything's been pressure tested with pressure certificates, videos, photos, job reports every single day. The operational process has been followed. Everything's been done correctly. All of the engineers, the personnel certificates are on Dropbox, the photos, the qualifications, their own individual insurances. Everything has been done. And what failed him was a failed fitting that simply popped off. Um, We took it apart, investigated it. Everything's been done absolutely correctly. The fitting looks visibly fine, but it, it just failed. It failed, and there was nothing that anybody could have done about that. But the fact of the matter is everything is in place. Everything is lined up. And so as long as you can meet that with um, being clear and trying to be non-emotional about it, because at the time the property was about to be sold, but nobody's living there. So water off, electrics isolated, everything dehumidified. And then we start the paper trail of uh, not sort of pointing the finger, but just demonstrating, look, it's a, it's a faulty part. This is why we have insurances in place. We're going to solve the problem. And as we're a big proponent in every single episode, keep communication clear all the time. And any conversation or sideways conversation, back it up in an email and have it in writing with a date and time. Simply because you can have the nicest people in the world if you're working for them. But the minute it comes to money or the minute it comes to two weeks later, one week later, when they've had time to think about it, you'll be surprised how quickly some people can go from being your friend to try and throw, you know, basically wanting a new house of what could be just, you know, fifteen hundred pounds worth of damage repairs. So do make sure that everything is is absolutely in place from yourself um, all the way up to the subcontractor that you barely use, and make sure that insurance is proper. 
Yeah, because that, if you're in someone's house, of course, there's going to be a big emotional um, side of this, isn't there? Someone, you know, if someone's house starts dropping to bits or you've made um, or created an issue in someone's home, they're going to be straight on you. So it, 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 that must be part of it, then managing those expectations. When you're not doing the site work and you're working for the, for the end user, you're working for the client, you know, part of your pricing process, your quotation process, um, showing references, explaining the actual operational procedure of the job. So you're managing every single expectation. But again, it can happen. You can have an engineer that's had a bad day. You can have one of your laborers that's had a bad day. Um, and the customer overhears them using bad language or not being presented well or does something wrong or chips their sideboard or their kitchen or whatever. It's about how quickly you manage it. And, you know, there's lots of different types of people in this world. Some people are super understanding. They know you're going to sort it out. It's not a problem. Other people seem to have a love affair with that kitchen sideboard and can't believe what's happened. And they want to be put up in a five-star hotel for three months while you deal with it. It's just trying to let that person scream and shout and get the emotion out before you can then come in with logic and rationale and deal with the actual problem. A five-star hotel? Just in case, why not? I mean, obviously, room service all included. But... <laughs> But I can imagine that some people like to have drama in their lives. And those, I mean, is, is that, I mean, I don't know, Georgia, is that part of the um, ideal client um, part of this? That um, could you narrow things down to only getting those pieces of work, which you know that you're going to have reasonable customers, or is that just not possible? You, there's no guarantee there, John. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to everybody here and say, yep, yeah, by doing an ideal client workshop and, and part of what I do is we do sit down and go through a personality profile. We say I'd love to work with someone that's got a good sense of humor, is easygoing, is makes good decisions. It's almost like a dating profile, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> who do who do I want to marry up uh, as a client here? Um and part of your brand and how you speak and come across. Um, in your online marketing, on your website, on your social, even when you're picking up the phone, uh, you attract how you act is the saying, right? But just like Andrew said, um, and how you touched on John with the emotional side, when when things are going right with a client and everyone's get getting on, it's fantastic. But absolutely, when something can go wrong, that profile that you've created of the ideal client and who you want to work with, it could go completely out the window. And Rightfully so, because when you're in our home and, and, and there's damages and things to something that we've spent a lot of money and time or sentimental value over, um, naturally, we're going to be upset or, or something might happen. I'm, I'm speaking from the, uh, the client point of view because I'm clearly I'm not a trade, um, but these things happen. But it's so important with whether you're a trades business or any business, even you and I, John, as, as um, creative marketers. It's how you handle things when it goes wrong. That's what people remember because we're all human. And like you said, we all make mistakes. It's how we open the podcast. No one is perfect. But what um, is, is, is memorable to people is, right, that went wrong. But you know what? Andrew went above and beyond when that happened. And he did this for me. He, he checked in. He called me every day afterwards. He even after a couple of months uh, was in the area and popped around just to say, you know, how's things going or whatever, you know, those tiny little things that then make people still want to recommend a person despite something going wrong. 
Yeah, I, I, I completely agree that. It's almost like, you know, well, not that you want anything to go wrong, but something maybe small, so that then there's um, something to write about in that review or testimonial. You know, everything was brilliant apart from this went wrong, but they went to the end of the earth to make sure that everything then was fulfilled and um, the mistake was was rectified almost. Um, I mean, one of the little tips that I, I was, was always told coming from the media industry is, things will go wrong and you will fall out at some point in a longer project, especially if it goes over like a few different months. Um, so always have that little gift to send someone maybe at the end just to remake friends at the end of the process. But with any, any kind of web design, it always does take a lot longer than people may recognize because people want things done the next day. And I'm, I'm sure that Georgia has this as well. And to be quite frank, if I want a new kitchen, I want it done yesterday so that I don't have to go to the two or three weeks of moving out of the house. But with web design, we always ask people, have you got your, your content ready? Have you got your images and photographs and things ready? Have you got everything written up? And do you, have we agreed on what the pages are going to be beforehand? Because if you're putting any kind of design into place, you need to have those assets to be able to make the page look beautiful. Otherwise, you're just guessing and you're putting lots of holding text and different images, which might be from a stock library, which will not make your site stand out and be unique. What you want is something that's beautiful, and it's all about you rather than something that someone could piece together from taking bits from the internet. That, that's really true, John. When I have conversations with uh, my trades clients, obviously I cannot do what you do for a living. My goodness, I still don't know to this day how um, developers sit and code and tech everything. It's like my worst nightmare. I'm the creative part of it. But because I'm that beginning part, I often have conversations with trades about um, the next step after we've branded them up or they're looking for a website, etc. And And a mistake I do find is many of them do try and do it themselves, which actually, because they feel it's going to be really... Um, um, more cost effective in the short term, it actually ends up being more costly because of the time they put into it, trying to relearn how to do everything themselves. They're not guided by the professionals for just like you said, putting the correct content on. So actually what they end up with is something they have spent so much time on where they could have probably made hundreds and hundreds out doing jobs um, with, and, and ended up with an end product that um, doesn't, cut the mustard to be honest because it, it doesn't look the part it doesn't sing to the ideal client it doesn't work correctly there'll be buttons I'm sure that aren't working but if they'd work with someone um, a developer like yourself you'd have tested that you would have checked it on multiple um, things like Chrome, Safari, laptops, phones to make sure everything works correctly across all the board Little things like this that um, our trade clients are unaware of because it's all the behind the scenes. It's the stuff that, you know, you do naturally. Um, and I always say to my trade clients, the biggest piece of advice I can give around that side of things is wait until you've got the budget to work with somebody that's going to do your site justice. And in, in the short term, in the interim, because it is really important to have that domain name and put it on your business cards as well. It, you know, a simple landing page that, again, a professional can help you with set up just for the short term while you gather your content, your, your own original photography, um, your testimonials from your clients. And then you can piece all that together pass it all over to John and John creates you the all singing, all dancing site that does exactly what it should for the client. Um, so that would be a little bit of a tip off the back of the website there that wait until you've got the means to do it properly um, rather than spending time, energy and money, to be honest, on something to be substandard. 
Um, and I'm sure, John, you you see a lot of that with your clients that come to you and say, oh, I've really got a website. I just want some changes. And it's maybe something that they've dabbled in themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the favourite one is Wix. Everyone's been on Wix. <laughs> Oh, I can get a website for 50 quid. Yes, you can. And you can also spend two months doing it yourself because you're going to do it in the evenings because you don't have much time to do it and it'll end up looking rubbish anyway. But yeah, fine. It's the same with, and I love this on different designs, and I'm sure Georgia and Andrew, you probably love this as well. You see an electrician's van driving past you with a Hotmail um, email account um, on the side or a Gmail one, which, you know, it only costs about 10 or 12 pounds to actually buy a domain and set up some email accounts. It's not that difficult. Um, yeah, you do see those those mistakes quite a lot. And I, I think people may not see that as a mistake. It's more a mistake from your customer's point of view or for your customer, because when they're seeing a Gmail account, they may be thinking, mm, sole trader maybe can't be counted on. You know, you're, you're not putting those um, that, that experience um, out there that you've got a proper professional setup behind you and you look a bit low rent. Um, I mean, do you find that often, Andrew? All the time. <clears throat> it's one of the first things I look at, to be honest with you. You know, you see a lot of these very standard sort of electricians, handymen, gas engineers, sort of these stock websites. And it's just like, why is it taking me this long to find your contact details? I still am none the wiser. But you've got all these industry logos that as a customer, as an end user, I would have no idea. For, for example, some of the different uh, like web development you know, platforms that you use, John, if you had all those logos on your site but you were selling to a customer, well, I don't know what you use. I don't matter. It makes no difference. You know, so it's very funny how a lot of different, especially to keep it very specific, heating engineers and gas engineers will create these websites almost for other heating engineers and gas engineers. And there is no way they're selling their services to them. They're too technical. They're too wordy. And you're giving three free advertising for Valent, Worcester, Honeywell, uh, Nest, Hive, a couple of companies you probably would have heard of. Um, and it's just not necessary. One of my old um, guys that used to work with me back in the old days, um, he's just started out on his own. Great to see. Brand looks lovely. Everything's good. Got the van done, cards done. Social media profiles are up. You're getting close to that website. Fair enough. And he's done exactly what you've just said. He's got his Gmail address on the van. And I'm like, mate, You've done all that hard work. I said, you're going to have to get that done. You're going to, like, you know, for the sake of it, it's not difficult. And if you don't know how to do it, reach out to someone that does. Because it's probably a phone call, an email, and a quick, you know, payment over online to get it done. It's not difficult to get it sorted and create that professionalism and have you looking um, the way the customer needs you to look, not the way you think you should look. Um, and that's where our expertise is and our expertise as trades people is solving the problem, fixing things. It's not creating websites. It's not creating social media platforms or building brands. Let's leave that to the experts. And that's where mistakes end up costly because you've, you've just touched on that, Andrew. Had, had your, um, your colleague there spoken to someone like John beforehand, that would have been one of the first things John would have picked up. Ah, oh, you're using a Gmail email. Let's just quickly sort that out for the 20 quid that it's going to cost to get that. And then he's gone and paid to have his van vinyled. So he would have paid for the design of that. But more important, he would have paid for the install of the vinyl on the van, um, depending on how he had it done. Many people love wraps. Many of our trades guys love wraps. If you get a wrap and you have printed in on the vinyl, you have printed vinyl, abc at gmail.co.uk mate that's going to cost you 
that whole price all over again to get that whole wrap peeled off just because you put your dodgy email address on. Or worst case, and I have seen it, where they then ask the signage company to kind of stick a a piece of vinyl over an email and reprint, which again is really off for a brand. So by speaking to the professionals in the first instance, those tiny little mistakes that you might think is a nothing down the line when you start investing in the big things like your vehicle graphics those are things that you won't be making mistakes on because you'll have spoken to your web development team your agencies in the first place that would spot that straight away same kind of with um phone numbers as well we we want to feel secure and um as the end consumer seeing a landline number for a trade-based company gives us a bit more sense of security. So when I have trades clients come to me and they're looking at getting their van designed, for example, if when I say, please give me the phone number, landline number, website, email, I, I have that check and I look through um, and straight away, if the email is not right, we know we need to speak to a web developer and sort out um, your email with John. But I'm also looking at the phone number. Have you thought about a landline number? Because that actually on, on your van will give... Um, more brand equity and and we'll we'll feel a small sense of reassurance so again those little things make quite a big difference to how we feel as the end consumer because of one of the trade's biggest challenges which is the cowboy stereotype and mobile numbers and and email at gmail and at hotmail kind of can reinforce that and that's what then we associate so do we do we think then that there's there's an air of um, you just do something because someone else is doing it. I mean, for example, there's probably a million different social media uh, networks and channels out there that you could use. And if someone's heard about it, oh, yeah, my mate does this. Therefore, I need an Instagram account. Well, really, do you need that Instagram account? Is that where your ideal clients are? Do you actually need to go through the the to bother of actually setting one up and actually then posting on it? Because you're probably going to get bored of it if it's not bringing you a new business. Same with a website. Don't do it just because everyone's got a website. Do it because it's a tool that's going to get you more inquiries. There's no point in having a substandard website out there. In the same way, there's no point in having a substandard vehicle wrap. And I can't believe that people would just want to uh, paste over an email address. But I guess a quick fix is, is what someone would go to if the cost is going to be too high for them. But don't go down the route of creating uh, a beautiful new brand or um, all the different flyers and everything if it's not going to be part of your strategy to get new customers. I imagine you see that a lot, Andrew, as well, in your coaching yeah. side. But all the time, all the time, because, you know, the guys start out with a, a specific skill, you know, so whether they're a good electrician, they're a good builder, they're a good gardener, um, which is great. And they want to be free to kind of do that job to the best abilities. Then they want to make it as profitable as possible. And then kind of they might start thinking about branding and building and taking people on. And it's at this point you see those kind of, right, I'll just use my old email address. Right, I won't maybe think about separating my work mobile from a new personal mobile. Right, I won't use a company like Smart Numbers to get a landline number that can divert straight to my mobile or can have the voicemail sent to you via email and have little sound clips there. So it's very simple and straightforward ways to have a landline number. And you can have that landline number specific to the area that you're trying to target if what you're trying to do is location specific. So it really isn't that difficult. Um, you just need to ask the right people to find out rather than just start something. So you wouldn't do a rubbish job. You wouldn't do a job that you didn't know how to do and just go, yeah, there you go. That's enough. That's good enough. You'd go, right, I need to learn about this, find out about this, or get somebody else in to do it, and I'll subcontract it out to them. And you know what? I'll go and watch them and learn how to do it if you're that interested in it. My advice as a business coach is always 
is focus on your strengths. And unless somehow you've got the ability to rewire a house and build a website, I would focus on what you're good at. And electricians, hopefully, that's rewiring a house and leave the website and brand building and communication of your different social media profiles to the experts. You can still have an input in it. You can still do some of the posting, but get everything set up properly. And as John mentioned there, a key one is not jumping on something new if it's not going to service your brand, if it's not going to service the customers that would buy into your brand. Uh, therefore, it just becomes another distraction. Simple as that. It's not a cost. Do it because it's going to make you money. Um, and also as well, one of the great things that I, I, I heard um, over the Christmas holidays was basically, if, um, if, if it's going to cost you more to do it, then pay someone to do it. So your daily rate or your hourly rate is £80 an hour. It'll cost £5 for someone to make your lunch. Get, pay the £5. Get someone to make your lunch. Otherwise, you're losing money. Was that you that told me that, Andrew? I, I have this conversation with my missus all the time. It might, it might have been, and I might have been in a bit of a funny mood after a couple of beers, and it might have been a bit tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> but I, I think, yeah, I've heard this conversation or argument as it becomes for so many people. And I think... Um, I think I heard Ricky Gervais talk about it once because he was talking to Carl Pilkington. Carl Pilkington was doing plastering at his own house and he goes to Ricky, well, why don't you do it? He goes, well, why would I? I you know, without any disrespect, I earn more than that plasterer, so I'd be losing money if I did the plastering job. Plus, I'd be rubbish at it. So whenever we have to clean the house, I'm kind of like, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm happy to go out and work and pay a cleaner, an expert, a professional to come in and do a job that, I won't do as well and I'll hate doing and I'll have the ample day. You know, I don't probably articulate as nicely as that, but that's the general point. <laughs> well, you see, there you have it. Time is money and your time is definitely worth a lot more money than, I don't know, cleaning. Who knows? But you might be a cleaner, in which case you're doing a wonderful job. So stay safe, everyone. Thank you very much for listening uh, or watching, depending on how you're viewing or consuming this podcast. Um, and don't forget to tune into the next episode. Find out more at marketingsimplified.co.uk. And you can contact the show at hello at marketingsimplified.co.uk. We'll see you next time. That's all for this time, but don't worry, we'll be back with more soon. Stay tuned for new episodes at marketingsimplified.co.uk.